0: everyone, and welcome to God's Plan, Your Part, a podcast where our goal is to read the entire Bible in a year, seeking to understand God's plan of redemption while discovering daily and practically your part in it. Hey everybody, welcome back. Today we're looking at Ezekiel 42 and 43, and it is a pretty clear continuation of what we read yesterday. Ezekiel 40 to 41. So definitely to understand what's going on here today, I would strongly recommend that you go back and check out yesterday's episode on Ezekiel 40 and 41, uh, just so you can understand the context of what's happening. I don't necessarily want to go over everything, uh, but here we have Ezekiel now seeing the glory of the Lord fill the temple, and we see uh, the restoration of the sacrificial system in Israel. Now, this is a significant site uh, because if you look at what's going on around Ezekiel, uh, it's it's pretty dark. Like the the temple has been destroyed, the people have been carried into exile. Actually, at this point, they've been living in exile for quite a while. They're living among people who don't believe in God. They're living among people who don't even really know about God. Um, in a lot of ways, what they're doing is very much against God in the Babylonian empire. And here Ezekiel is having a vision of the temple and the Lord filling the temple. Now to understand the the full context of this passage, uh, you got to go back. I I would say to Ezekiel eight to 11, because in Ezekiel chapter 10, um, Ezekiel has this vision and he sees the glory of the Lord leave the temple, the whole context of eight to 11 is is that Ezekiel is walking around the temple and seeing just how wicked the people are. Uh, The priests are not serving the Lord. The people are not serving the Lord. In many ways, they're serving themselves. They are like blaspheming the Lord with their actions. And eventually, God just leaves the temple altogether, which just makes the temple a giant building with nothing in it. And now in Ezekiel 43... Uh, We're seeing that the glory of the Lord is coming down and completely filling the temple. Uh, Ezekiel is uh, getting to really be face-to-face with God in the temple. And God is reinstating the sacrificial system that was set up all the way back in Deuteronomy. And so this is a pretty significant part of Ezekiel in that it's giving the people a way to look ahead to a place and a time when God will reign over his people and they will enjoy his presence in their midst. Actually, at one point in Ezekiel uh, 42 and 43, God talks about the only thing that will separate me from my people is a wall. So the reason Ezekiel 42 and 43 seems very odd is because the people that Ezekiel is talking to, the people like his immediate context, his original audience, um, they are not experiencing anything like this. This is definitely a vision from the Lord because nothing in reality seems like this. The people are experiencing kind of the pain and the separation of the judgment that God has laid out and they're living in a pagan nation. They're, they're far from God and here Ezekiel is spelling out, you know, exactly how big the temple is exactly how God's glory filled it exactly what God asked of them as they were, um, with him in the temple, um, this would have been something really that the people had never seen because the people lived in a time and in a place when the temple was pretty much fallen. Like at at one point, uh, there were idols built in the temple. Uh, the actual temple itself was used for worshiping other gods and it was not a, place of peace. It was not a place of God's presence. So when Ezekiel is speaking this to the people, it's it's pretty wild, and it probably would have been hard for them to understand. But ultimately, it is a representation of the restoration that is to come. The people can look forward to a time uh, when God will again dwell with his people. Uh, He will again be proud of his people. He'll be happy to live with them and direct them. They will be happy to live with him and to serve him. Uh, the priests will be doing their duties. I mean, how many times have we read in Ezekiel of the, the evil and wicked shepherds that were not caring for the people? Uh, here in Ezekiel 42 and 43, the priests actually are caring for the people. They're interceding on behalf of the people, uh, and God is enjoying relationship with his people. So this gives um, the exiles something to look forward to, something to hope in, and really, At this point in Ezekiel's ministry, they would have had the opportunity to see how many things that he proclaimed became exactly true. Like when Ezekiel is saying things and people think they're crazy, um, they become true and they solidify him as a prophet. So if those other things came true and God, in fact, did what he said, they would be able to have faith in the fact that God would again do what he said and he would have this temple rebuilt and he would dwell in the midst of his people and his people would enjoy him and worship him and be at peace because of him. And so for us today, uh, I talked a little bit about the the four views of these passages that's going to continue to be important. So if you didn't listen to yesterday's episode, I really encourage you to do so. Uh, really, with the, the four different views of these passages, you have either uh, an actual temple that is going to be rebuilt, that is to be fulfilled. Uh, you have kind of this Christian analogy that is the church is the new temple that is rebuilt. Um, you have some kind of blend of of those two views where there was going to be a temple rebuilt, but really the most important temple is the church. And finally, you have this view that this is this apocalyptic vision, this symbol, this example of what is to come. And really what it symbolizes is God having a strong relationship with his people once more. They are not ashamed of him. They're not running away from him. Uh, They are worshiping him. They're not drawn to other idols. God is in their midst and they are worshiping him and him alone. So, it, I think this is something for us to look forward to. It is something that we are actively engaged in. We want to see the whole world know the name of Christ. We want to see the whole world be united in worship of God. And ultimately, because God proclaimed it, he will do it. So, just like the exiles look forward to a place and a time where the temple is not destroyed. We look forward to a place and a time where God is in our midst, where the entire world is worshiping him together, and we enjoy the the peace of God's presence because we are obedient to him. So my encouragement to you is really to think about that in your day-to-day walk, your day-to-day life. I like how Jesus teaches his disciples in the Lord's Prayer to pray that thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I think that these passages from Ezekiel, uh, they have some comparison to that. We are hoping for a place and a time where we will enjoy God's presence, where we will all enjoy the worship of the Lord together uh, on earth as it is in heaven. So I think our goal, as we're living our real daily lives, right? Like you're you're going to work today. You're going to be at home with your family. You're going to go, you know, to some sporting event. Uh, think of ways that we can be obedient to the Lord and that we can usher in His kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. So there is always like a right now and there's always an ultimately. So right now what we can do is bring the the truth of the gospel, the grace, the mercy, the peace of the gospel to people's real lives as we interact with them, uh, but we can also look forward to a time where Jesus returns and he reigns here on the earth and we enjoy his presence and we enjoy his kingdom and ultimately we enjoy that vision of ezekiel this temple reconstructed built perfectly where god dwells with his people and his people enjoy him so look forward to that be encouraged by that and continue to find ways to bring god's kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven i'll be back again tomorrow we'll see you then thanks so much for listening to our take today before we get into the reading if we could just ask you one thing Uh, If you've been enjoying the podcast, if you could subscribe to us and then leave a rating and review, we'd love to hear from you. And every rating we get helps us reach more people. Ultimately, we're just trying to reach people with the truth of God's word and your review will help us do that. So thanks so much for being invested in the podcast. Here's the reading for today. Ezekiel chapter 42. Then he led me out into the outer court toward the north, and he brought me to the chambers that were opposite the separate yard and opposite the building on the north. The length of the building whose door faced north was a hundred cubits, and the breadth fifty cubits. Facing the twenty cubits that belonged in the inner court, and facing the pavement that belonged to the outer court, was a gallery against a gallery in three stories. And before the chambers was a passage inward, ten cubits wide and a hundred cubits long, and their doors were on the north. Now the upper chambers were narrower, for the galleries took more away from them than from the lower and middle chambers of the building. For there were in three stories, and they had no pillars like the pillars of the courts. Thus the upper chambers went set back from the ground more than the lower and middle ones. And there was a wall outside parallel to the chambers, toward the outer court opposite the chambers, fifty cubits long. For the chambers on the outer court were fifty cubits long, while the opposite of the nave were a hundred cubits long. Below these chambers was an entrance on the east side as one enters them from the outer court. In the thickness of the wall of the court on the south also, opposite the yard and opposite the building, there were chambers with a passage in front of them. They were similar to the chambers on the north, of the same length and breadth, and the same exits arrangements of the doors, as were the entrances of the chambers on the south. There was an entrance at the beginning of the passage, the passage before the corresponding wall on the east as one enters them. Then he said to me, The north chambers and the south chambers opposite the yard are the holy chambers. For the priests who approach the Lord shall eat the most holy offerings. There they shall put the most holy offerings, the grain offering, the sin offering, the guilt offering, for the place is holy. When the priests enter the holy place, they shall not go out of it into the outer court without laying there the garments in which they minister, for they are holy. They shall put the outer garments before they go near to which it is for the people. Now when he had finished measuring the interior of the temple area, he led me out of the gate that faced east and he measured the temple area all around. He measured the east side with the measuring reed, 500 cubits by the measuring reed all around. He measured the north side, 500 cubits by the measuring reed all around. He measured the south side, 500 cubits by the measuring reed. Then he turned to the west side and measured, 500 cubits by the measuring reed. He measured it on all four sides. It had a wall around it, 500 cubits long and 500 cubits broad, to make a separation between the holy and the common. Chapter 43. Then he led me to the gate, the gate facing east. And behold, the glory of the God of Israel was coming from the east. And the sound of his coming was like the sound of many waters, and the earth shone with his glory. And the vision I saw, it was just like the vision that I had seen when he came to destroy the city, and just like the vision that I had seen by the Chabar Canal. And I fell on my face, as the glory of the Lord entered the temple by the gate facing east, the Spirit lifted me up and brought me into the inner court, and behold, the glory of the Lord filled the temple. While the man was standing beside me, I heard one speaking to me out of the temple, and he said to me, Son of man, this is the place of my throne, and the place of the soles of my feet, where I will dwell in the midst of the people of Israel forever. And the house of Israel shall know no more defile my holy name, neither they nor their kings, by their whoring and by their dead bodies of their king at their high places, by setting their threshold by my threshold, and their doorposts beside my doorposts, with only a wall between me and them. They have defiled my holy name by their abominations that they have committed, so I have consumed them in my anger. Now let them put away their whoring and their dead bodies and their kings far from me, and I will dwell in their midst for ever. As for you, son of man, describe to the house of Israel the temple, that they may be ashamed of their iniquities, that they shall measure the plan. And if they are ashamed of all that they have done, make known to them the design of the temple, its arrangement, its exits, and its entrances, that is, the whole design, and make known to them as well all its statutes and its whole design and all its laws, and write it down in their sight, so that they may observe all its laws and all its statutes and carry them out. This is the law of the temple. The whole territory on the top of the mountain all around shall be most holy. Behold, this is the law of the temple. These are the measurements of the altar by cubits, the cubit being a cubit and a handbreadth. Its base shall be one cubit high and one cubit broad, with a rim of one span around its edge, and this shall be the height of the altar. From the base on the ground to the lower edge two cubits, with the breadth of one cubit, and from the smaller ledge to the larger ledge four cubits with a breadth of one cubit, and the altar hearth four cubits, and from the altar hearth projecting upward four horns. The altar hearth shall be square, twelve cubits long by twelve broad. The ledge also shall be square, fourteen cubits long by fourteen broad, with a rim around it half a cubit broad, and at its base one cubit all around. The steps of the altar shall face east. And he said to me, Son of man, thus says the Lord God, these are the ordinances for the altar on the day when it is erected for offering burnt offerings upon it and for throwing blood against it, you shall give to the Levitical priests of the family of Zadok, who draw near to me to minister to me, declares the Lord God, a bull from the herd for a sin offering. And you shall take some of its blood and put it on the four horns of the altar and on the four corners of the ledge and upon the rim all around. Thus you shall purify the altar and make atonement for it. You shall also take the bull of the sin offering, and it shall be burned in the appointed place belonging to the temple outside the sacred area. And on the second day you shall offer a male goat without blemish for a sin offering, and the altar shall be purified, as it was purified with the bull. When you have finished purifying it, you shall offer a bull from the herd without blemish, and a ram from the flock without blemish. You shall present them before the Lord, and the priest shall sprinkle salt on them, and offer them up as a burnt offering to the Lord. For seven days you shall provide a daily male goat for a sin offering, also a bull from the herd and a ram from the flock, without blemish shall be provided. Seven days shall they make atonement for the altar and cleanse it, and so consecrate it. And when they have completed these days, then the eighth day onward the priest shall offer on the altar your burnt offerings and your peace offerings, and I will accept you, declares the Lord God. Thanks so much for listening to God's Plan, Your Part. If anything stuck out to you, if you have any questions, or if you'd like to receive a Bible, you can email us at godsplanyourpart at gmail.com. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider supporting us through the link in our description. We love that you're on this journey with us, and we hope you have a great day. See you tomorrow.